As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in another corner. Hoach. From CHGO, it's Adam Hoag. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone... I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Two more games to go. New Year's in Detroit this weekend. What's up, Johnsy? I feel like we've had a few New Year's in Minneapolis. Some Manny's dinners. Some Marriott, downtown Marriott beers. I remember a few of those with our good friend JD. Yeah, not I don't Detroit though. That's new. I don't remember being in. Uh, I just I associate Detroit with Thanksgiving. Yes, over and We've over. Had and those. Over again. Joe so. Muir's on Wednesday. A, a very good spread from the Lions on Thursday, and then Shake Shack, not Shake Shack, Steak and Shake. Yeah, I wish it was Shake Shack. Yeah, Steak I wish it was Shake Shack too. In Kalamazoo, we've yeah. had a few of those with JD as well. Yeah, not happening this year. I think we're, you know, staying out by the airport. But you know, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, a little Dearborn, Michigan, for you. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, that's a uh, for some reason the Steak and Shake in Kalamazoo will always be associated with Jeff Dickerson. I'm not sure yeah. if that's a fair representative. Uh, you know, he'd probably prefer it was prisoner wine and you know fine dining, but on Thanksgiving in the in Central Michigan, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yes, yes, right. it's a matter of <laughs> survive in advance, get home. Yeah, uh, we're gonna jump into this game, Bears and Lions. Of course, Nick Baumgartner from the Athletic will join us. He covers the Lions, but uh, yeah, yesterday was uh, was a tough day. We it was the uh, one year anniversary of JD's passing. Um, and uh, Dan Weeder came up with a great idea of handing out our annual 
Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award on the one-year anniversary and uh, inviting his parents there. And, you know, for what was a tough day, it I think it put smiles on a lot of people's faces. And, and, um, and, and Cole Komet was the winner this year, well-deserving. He was, uh, you know, and has been since he got here, but this was the first year that we've had open locker rooms since he got here. And, um, man, that guy pretty much every day is available to talk and um, and uh, does so with class. So it was uh, a deserving winner and, um, you know, a, a, a nice little presentation of what was otherwise a kind of a hectic, st- stressful day, at least for me. Yeah, you did a very nice job there, Adam Hulk. Thank you. You had the JD shirt with the, the blazer on. Decent look. I don't know what JD would say about it, but well, it looked you know. all right. <laughs> I felt, um, like I, had, I felt like I had to put a jacket on, you know, up there, but maybe I didn't. You did a nice job. What was it like sitting in the seat of Matt Eberflus? It was a little weird. I'm not going to lie. It was like, you, you, I, I feel like we've had a podium up there in the past. Yes. Like to stand at? Stand at. A lectern. This yes. is like a table. Yeah. But we, but, you know, it was just the same, which was fine. There was not an issue, but it's just kind of, yeah, you're sitting there and it, I don't know. It was, it was fine. Okay. Everybody's I, watching you. I, I do want to say that I thought the Bears had several good candidates for this award. Yeah. This this award's about professionalism. It's about accessibility. It's about really just being there to to talk, being accessible, being fair, being willing, being engaging. Uh, Darnell Mooney, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, a lot of good candidates this year. Um, but Cole Komet, I felt like he talked every single day he was in that locker room. As you said in your speech, first year with, with open locker room again. Um, before, after games, um, I think maybe the deciding factor for some of the voters was the Monday access. Were he sitting in, in your spot there at the uh, yeah. the table where only a couple players come up? I feel like he's done that four or five times this year, which has been after losses. So I think that stands out to a lot of a lot of us in the media. Yeah, and I think it earned some points in the locker room probably too, you know, kind of taking the yeah. hit on days where not everybody has to talk, you know, and don't really want to after losses. So, and he, he I thought he gave um, an interesting nugget in his uh, conversation yesterday with us that um, an interview that Danny Trevathan did after a loss a few years ago, something that the Bears showed the players like in a media training session, um, stuck with him. And, you know, that's when he he decided, like, you know, that's what I want to be and be able to do even after losses, after tough games. He was another great player to cover. Yeah. I always liked Danny Trevathan. There's a bunch of guys, like, even in that tough stretch there that were... Ronald McPhee, oh, another favorite of mine. I can even go back to t- two words: Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. He that was always cool. entertaining, so engaging. Um, I can even go back to your guy, your your colleague now, CHGO, Corey Wooten. Yeah, was always very accessible, very engaging, very willing. The yeah, memories. Not at all shocking that he's doing working with you a good job uh, with us on a weekly basis because he was always great to talk to in that locker room, um, and he was there during some of those tough years with Tressman too. He 
I don't think people realize, but Corey Wooten is like the perfect player that bridged the Lovey era and then witnessed every you know the downfall that happened after they moved on from him. So um, anyway, we just wanted to quickly touch on that and um, you know, Miss JD, I did have some prisoner wine last night for him as I watched the awesome Bulls win over the Bucks. I am very much looking forward to a big dinner in Indianapolis at St. Elmo's with about a dozen of us, 10 or 12 of us. Yeah. JD Spot, lots of wine in the middle of the combine. Going to celebrate JD right there. The fish man already made the reservation. I know. I know. I was impressed. I woke up to, to it. It was his birthday yesterday, too, by the way. Happy birthday, fish. Yeah. I, yeah, we should have led the show with that. Happy birthday, Kev. So if you're listening right now, wish him a belated birthday on Twitter. He'll like that. Yeah. Um, all right. There's uh, Before we get to Nick, there's some interesting playoff scenarios, news with quarterbacks that I you know could have a trickle-down effect that affects the Bears offseason. Which one do you want to start with here? Uh, I'm going to start with the quarterbacks because I think that's – major news in the NFL when a starting quarterback of the caliber of Derek Carr, you're high in Derek Carr, you always have been, gets benched, flat out benched, and then Derek Carr says, or reportedly says, well, see ya, I don't want to be here, and he's out. That's crazy. Yeah, that was weird trying to follow that yesterday Uh, with everything we had going on with the Bears. uh, You know, I saw the benching news, and I guess it didn't really complain completely surprised me this did feel this always felt like kind of a pivotal year there's been these rumors almost every year I feel like recently with like are the Raiders sold on Derek Carr are they gonna move on I mean when when you say I like Derek Carr I do I was high on him coming out of the draft that year I had him as my number one QB I think that was 2014 that was a long time ago but um he also has never really been, you know, in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. He would certainly be one of those guys I'd love to have if I didn't have that franchise guy. Um, and I think for that reason, he'll be sought after in, in this offseason. But you just you do have too many moments like the end of that game last weekend. I mean, that was just a brutal interception that he threw um, in a crucial moment that led to that loss to the Steelers. Better than Jay Cutler? Um, I, I would certainly prefer Derek Carr's leadership, I think. Yeah, maybe not in like athletic ability and just raw talent, but I think Derek Carr's the better quarterback. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I would pick Derek Carr. Okay. Uh, Mainly for the intangibles for, I mean, it seems like his teammates like him, you know? Except Josh McDaniels, he didn't like either of the quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, well, Josh McDaniels, yeah. Um, I, I think what we wanted to, to hit on here, though, is that this is... Remember when we talked about quarterback dominoes in the past? Mm-hmm. And the names were like like the Andy Daltons, the Nick Foles of the world. There were some bigger names in that, but the realistic expectations for the Bears. So the Bears aren't part of this veteran quarterback conversation. But a lot of those QB-needy teams that are around them in the draft could be, and they could affect... Trade talks, it could affect movement in the draft. Like, I would not be surprised if Houston, at number okay. one, prefers a Derek Carr over C.J. Stroud or somebody. 
right? Would you be surprised if Lovey Smith got his way and got a veteran quarterback in there? Um, no. Do you think Lovey Smith would be worried at all about acquiring another Josh McDaniels QB cast off? <laughs> the synergy in this podcast is <laughs> the full the full circle moments of the NFL are, that, are pretty crazy. <laughs> that is like uh, that's why the NFL is great. Like, what does it be? Four, <laughs> that's fourteen years that. later. Fourteen years later, Josh McDaniel says bye to a quarterback, and Lovey Smith says hello. <laughs> Be great! Oh man, the circle of life—you you need that, like uh, that clip from The Lion King right now, <laughs> where Simba's learning about everything. <laughs> but oh, I watched The Lion King last week. Great my movie. Uh, my mother-in-law took my my boys downtown to the show the other night. Really? I I I was interested in going. I think it's still here for a couple more weeks. It I is. Looked up tickets. They were like four hundred dollars. Yeah, they loved it. Oh, they got spoiled. They loved it. Even just walking into the the, the facility, talking yeah. about the football guy, walking into the the theater was like, oh my gosh, look at this place! It's huge. Yeah, a moment for them. I've seen that before, and it's it's a really cool show. But I think that was on the secondary market. Those tickets, I'm, I think it's all sold out. I don't know. Yeah, but um, highly but like a recommend. team like but a team like Washington. Yeah, they stand out to me. New Orleans. These are all QB needy teams that are middle of the pack, have some talent, who I think would prefer a Derek Carr over developing a rookie at this point. And that changes conversations uh, around the league. I think it also opens the door to potential wide receivers being available. You know, I... There's been... Did you see that report? I don't know if that was Florio the other day, but it was like... There's buzz about Sean Payton just going back to New Orleans and bringing Tom Brady with him. What? Well, whoever that uh, follower of ours who listens to us and always has questions about Sean Payton, you know, he's it probably is Sean Payton. <laughs> he's doing his job. Oh yeah, that one guy's always Sean Payton. Sean well, Payton, not well, happening well, here. Well, let me lay out another scenario for you. What if Josh McDaniels now wants to develop his young quarterback? Yeah, they're at nine right now. And he calls Ryan Poles. Could be a trade up. Is that too far of a drop for you? Two to nine? Two to eight? No, because the thing about moving farther back is you get, get more that next return. first. Yes. How about you get that ninth overall pick, yeah. next year's Raiders pick, and Devontae Adams? Would you do it? Well, that seems yeah, hell yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, well, what are you nuts? Maybe that's just instead of the second first round pick, it's a second round pick. Would you still do it? Um, right, so for you get next this year? year, this year's first, Devontae Adams, and next year's second round pick. Although I, I can see Ryan Poles wanting this year's second round pick. Yeah, I think it might be this year. Yeah, some combination of that. Yes, I think is my answer. I mean, Devontae Adams is insane. Could you imagine him catching passes from Justin Fields? Justin Fields. Someone, it changed uh, everything. The other day, I did. I filled in on the score with Matt Spiegel, and he brought up a similar trade scenario, but it was with the Bengals, and it was you're moving. What's that? Sorry, I'm interjecting. I, <laughs> I said T Higgins. Yes, T Higgins. Yeah, no, that's what it was though. It was, but in that scenario, you're moving all the way back to 28. Um, but you're getting T Higgins. You're getting, but and you're. In that scenario, you're probably getting 
you know, not only next year's first, but oh, I would need a two. I, I would need a throw in a three. Yeah, like that, that, that's a big, big drop. Yeah, and obviously, I think we'll all take Devonta Adams over T. Higgins too. But I, but I seriously think the Raiders become part of this conversation. If they're not going to go with Derek Carr, yeah, I mean, who who is it? Tom Brady? Is that it? Is is that Josh McDaniel's move? Um, what if it's Tim Tebow? <laughs> I mean, like, what, what, like Tom Brady honestly, would make sense, yeah. I mean, that's the only one that makes sense, but. I think it's more likely he wants to get in this quarterback derby. Okay, and, and that, and that, yeah. if if you're Ryan Poles, remember I did that story on on how the Bears traded up for for Justin Fields, and one of the the anecdotes I got from Ryan Pace is they they circled the teams that they thought could move. Yeah. So if you're Ryan Poles right now. And you're doing well, kind of the opposite. Like, which teams want to move up for the quarterback? You're circling the Raiders at nine right now. One hundred percent, you are. Let's do this real fast, like rapid fire. But teams in a quarterback uh, derby situation where they might need change. Houston, a hundred percent, either veteran or rookie. Right, no doubt about it. Bears, okay, the Bears are set. I'm going in draft order right now. The Bears are set. They have Justin Fields at three. This is Denver's pick uh, that's going to Seattle. Seattle. I mean, it's a great story with Geno Smith, but are they really going to keep... I I, I think it's, um, at least in the conversation... On the table. Arizona. Arizona is interesting to me. This has been a disaster year. I think they regret paying Kyler Murray. Is there another team that might say... Here's the thing we've learned, I think, in the last couple of years. Any quarterback can be moved. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be really hard to move Russell Wilson, but I'm not, mo- I, even if I'm Denver, I'm not ruling that out right now. So, you know, does a different team feel like they can get more out of Kyler Murray than Arizona has? I don't know, but that could put it's, it's something to keep an eye on for me this offseason. Indianapolis, obviously, they need a quarterback yeah, in the market. They could maybe go after Derek Carr, although at this point they're picking so high. They've tried that veteran quarterback route. Yeah, I think that they got to get one of these guys in the draft. If, Atlanta. If Jim Irsay can force Jeff Saturday upon yeah. <laughs> Chris Ballard, he can force him to take a quarterback too. Atlanta. I know they drafted Desmond Ritter, but... Third round pick. Correct? Yeah. Right. That doesn't... Doesn't say anything. Detroit. Jared Goff's having a good year. I could see them sitting with Jared Goff. Um, Me too. Depending on what they think about certain quarterbacks in the draft, maybe. But uh, Carolina. I mean, the point is, as we go down this list, Carolina, Vegas, Houston again, Seattle again. I skipped over Philly because obviously they have Jalen Hurts. Um. Tennessee, what's going on with Ryan Tannehill? He's done for the year. Again, they have a young quarterback in there, but Malik Willis doesn't look like he can throw. Um, and then you have 14 and 15, the, the Patriots and the Jets, which are very interesting because they also took quarterbacks last year. 
And one likes to argue with his coach, and one seems ready to leave town. Mac Jones. Grayson Allen. He's a dirty player. Yeah. They're, they're basically just twins. He is dirty. He did it again last week, diving like, at a guy's legs way after a play. Like the one opportunity where everybody would have forgiven him to be dirty on a play. When, who was it, Chandler Jones stiff-armed him into the ground? Yeah. Like, that is your one opportunity to do whatever you want to get the guy on the ground. Don't let him score. Yeah. And you failed. It's my favorite stiff arm of the season. Behind the play, taking out guy's legs? Come on, man. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, Then we go down the list. I mean, I think Pittsburgh's probably set with Kenny Pickett right now, though I'm not sold on him. How about the Packers? Let me give you a dark horse situation. What if Derek Carr is the quarterback of the Packers next year? And Aaron Rodgers is where? I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere in the desert doing psychedelic drugs? Probably. Also playing, but also playing quarterback for the Raiders? I guess I just wonder, do you think Aaron Rodgers, for as good as he is, is his act wearing thin up there with anyone? It's kind of like enough is enough, dude. You know, I, w- I was talking to a friend last night, and you know, we were talking about it. We, we were talking about the Packers, and he goes, "You know, I, the Packers—they're not going to win it with Rodgers. No, they're not. Like, eventually, you have to cut your losses a bit and move on. The Packers are just continuously kicking the can down the road a little bit. Are, mm-hmm. are they not trying to win with Aaron Rodgers? Trying to find the right weapons for him? They just re-signed their guard. Great move, but." I don't know. That's a flawed, flawed roster. And I get people are. Now, this little run they're going on here late maybe increases the chances Roger's still there. Um, but I'm I don't know. I'm not buying this idea that Rogers is going to do what he did the year they won the Super Bowl. They get in his last seed and they go on this miraculous run. I just don't think. I don't think he's the same quarterback. Like if you really watched that game last week, he didn't play that well against the Dolphins. He's late on throws. He'll still He's, give you one of those Aaron Rodgers-like throws, though, occasionally. Sure, but he doesn't have... These wide receivers... I mean, I think Christian Watson's going to be good, and he's becoming dangerous, but there's still times where it's like they're not on the same page. Yeah, he's 39 years old. Do they get in and they steal a game against the Vikings if that's who they play in the first round? Sure, that's possible. I can't see them beating the 49ers. They never beat the 49ers, first of all, in the playoffs, but I can't see that happening. No. Philly, come on. Um, all right. Well, just some interesting talk around the league that we wanted to touch on because it could affect the Bears, uh, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and how this all trickles down. We should get into this game against the Lions, though. Nick Baumgartner, you've heard him before on this podcast, covers the Lions and the NFL Draft for the Athletic. Does a great job doing both, and we bring him in now. All right, let's bring in Nick Baumgartner, who covers the Lions and the Draft for the Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Baumgartner. You definitely should be following him this week with the Bears-Lions, but also, you know, pretty much all winter and spring with the Draft coming up as well. Nick, thanks for jumping back on with us. Always appreciate you having uh, coming on the show guys? with us. Absolutely, guys. How are we doing? Very good. So, so Nick, we're we're trying to figure something out. 
are the lions not the lions anymore? Like, <laughs> what what the heck is going on? <laughs> They're like sort of kind of the lions, and maybe he's flirting with the idea of being a new brand of lions. <laughs> because like every time people are, you know, I think that they've graduated. Frankly, I've I said I wrote that a couple weeks ago, and I stand by that. But then every time you do that, they have a game like last week. But also last week they played a really good Carolina team. I a team that's playing really well anyway right now. Um, so I think part of it was. You know, they're still in that, like, they're not there yet. You know, they're they're better than um, they're better than I think we thought they would be at this point, um, but they're not there yet. And I think that that Carolina game was a great indicator of just how sort of fragile the whole thing is for them right now, especially on defense, because it can go right to hell very fast, as we saw on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day that was. <laughs> well, and I think that's what the fear is in Chicago right now with the Lions because, look, I, I, the Bears want to see, when I say Bears, I'm, the fans want to see Justin yeah. Fields play well and then lose the game because the number one pick <laughs> is right. still in play. And they're yeah. worried that the Lions are still a Lions team exactly that could, uh, you know. Screw this up, a, right. Do, yeah, screw this up <laughs> because other than that, there's really no reason why the Bears should win. Um so, do you when you say they've graduated, have they graduated from bungling a game like yeah. this at home, where they've played better football at home? If I right, well, it, they play better in general. Love late, yeah. home and away. And you know, I don't know. That's a great question because a couple weeks ago, my the game I circled on the calendar for them more than any was when they played Jacksonville, uh, because I think Jacksonville and Detroit are kind of like peers. They're two really talented young rosters. They aren't quite there yet, but they're closer than people probably think, um, you know, on the average. But they played that game and they didn't measure it and they played really well. And Jacksonville didn't play really well, but they didn't care. And they just rolled right through them in a way that we really don't see a lot from Lions teams historically. So that sort of performance has been more the norm than what we saw last week against Carolina. So I actually do think they've graduated to a point, but... This is the the challenge here now is that there's playoffs involved for the Lions. And this is new error for this whole group because I think they can play clean football and do whatever they have to do and you know win this game by whatever they have to win it by. But also like the pressure of if you blow it, your season's over. I don't know how they they've never seen that before. So I don't know how they're gonna react to that. And that is the big fascination here um coming into this one. I uh, kind of a two tiered, two part question here for you about Aiden mm-hmm. Hutchinson. So the, the conversation here in Chicago is you got the second overall pick. You need right. pass rush help. The The Lions kind of went through that last year. They Aiden Hutchinson kind of dropped to them, if you want to yep. say that. Um, mm-hmm. How has he kind of changed things? Like, how has he helped on this run? Like, how much of a difference maker has he become right away? He was very good in their first meeting, but yeah. maybe take us through, like, everything he's meant to the Lions this year. So he was a, you know, I look at Hutchinson a lot like I look at Sewell on the other side. Like when they drafted Panay Sewell, he was their anchor on offense. And I think Aiden Hutchinson is their anchor on defense in that they didn't just draft him for his pass rush. And he's one of these unique-ish edges in that he's really good against the run. He's probably better against the run than he is uh, as a pass rusher. I think similar to Trayvon Walker, actually. Uh, And I think that their ceilings as pass rushers are probably about similar in that they're going to get you effort sacks. They're going to beat you know, average tackles, they're going to struggle against the best, the top end ones in, in pass pro, but they're going to be really hard to block in the run game. So he has, he has helped anchor, uh, I think their front seven in general. Um, it hasn't been perfect. Like last week was bad, but like by and large, 
this last month and a half has been some of the best football he's played, you know, especially against the run. He's really hard to block. He's never out of a play. Um, and that that effort that he plays with is aided by really high-level athleticism. I think that that's the thing that people lost track on. So he's a great fit. Uh, Campbell loves him. He loves Campbell and Aaron Glenn. It's a great fit for the mindset and just how they want to play football. Uh, and I think when I look at the Bears right now, uh, I know that on the Athletic, we just did that mock draft, Adam, and like, I don't know. Did you guys take Carter? I, I took Carter. Yeah. yeah. Like that to me is like, that's kind of like, I like that because that's, that's, yeah, it gives you a little bit of both. You need help against the run. You need help against the pass rush. And the biggest thing with Hutchinson is they never have to take him off the field. And, and that's a big deal. I think in today's NFL, especially. Okay. We were just talking about um, quarterbacks across the league in the wake mm-hmm. of the Derek Carr news and just kind of how this might shake everything up this off yeah. season and the impact it could potentially have on the bears with where they're picking and just the dominoes that always fall. Um, Where's the belief in Jared Goff right now in Detroit, especially with the Lions? They're going to have another high pick. And, I mean, he's having a good year. Personally, we've talked about this. I think he right. should be in the Pro Bowl instead of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think we said the same thing, uh, or at least it should be a conversation. Uh, I think Goff has answered the question about whether or not he can be the Lions bridge quarterback to whatever that next step is. Uh, and I think that that is – that has meant that he's probably bought back next season. Um, he has that, uh, uh, you know, they were reworked the deal anyway, but like that was sort of in question when the year started, he needed to play probably the best football of his life to sort of advance on. And I think he's done that. I think he, he has not been the reason why they've lost games. Uh, he, you know, he has been the reason sometimes that they've stayed in some of the games and um, he's what they need right now. And like, I don't think they're ready for more yet. So I don't think they're ready for, you know, the superstar, the, you know, It'd be nice, obviously, but like for right now and the here and now, he meshes well with the locker room. They really they've grown they've grown around him, and he's grown. I think his toughness has grown. I think Campbell has worn off on him. You know, guys, when they traded Hawkinson, like he was pissed. He was really not happy, and they challenged him uh, to go do something about it. And he answered the bell by playing some of his best ball. And I think he's really grown up a lot. So. I like where he's at, but it's still like last week was still another example of that though. Like he can't save you if everything else goes, you know, like fields can save a team. If if everything is going to hell, he can still do what needs to get done and, and, and fix it. Goff is never going to be that guy. And that's the reality right now with him, I think, for Detroit. So they're 18 right now in the, the draft order, the 18th pick. Yeah. And then they have the Rams pick. So they're, oh, that's they right. Yes. Seven yes. And I forgot about, yes, my, my fault. Yeah. Yes. So seven so and 18, like seven and 18. Are Pretty they? Good. Yeah. Are, would you consider them? You mentioned bridge quarterback for golf. Yeah. Are, are they in the QB I, I market in the draft? I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I I think that Goff has certainly, you know, bought his way into being the starter when next season starts, whatever the situation is. But the Lions need to take a quarterback this year somewhere. They don't have a backup, you know, at all. So bottom line is, you know, draft a young quarterback that you like and start developing him for the future. But if that, you know, if you have a chance, if, if they love Bryce Young, you know, or Stroud, then they, they have the assets to go do that. And that has been something that we've talked about since the year started. And I think that golf has played well, and that has certainly probably changed the math some, but I don't think it's outlawed or totally eliminated them from the idea of, yeah, let's go get our guy. I think the timing matters, too, because they're yeah. fortunate to have this Rams pick. If they're right. going to be this. If you can do it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not going to be picking in the top 10. 
a year. You, I mean, ever you better not, right. you better not you, be. You, you don't, you don't want to yeah. be. Yeah. You don't, yeah, you'd be fired <laughs> if you are. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, I feel like, you know, they, they, they passed on the opportunity to get Justin Fields a couple of years ago. They, yeah. they, I understandably in last year's draft, they didn't have a great quarterback right. went with the obvious pass rusher. No, no complaints there, but, um, you know, this is supposed to be a better quarterback draft. I just feel like at some point you got to strike, yeah. especially with having two first round picks. Yeah. I think right now is the time to do it. Like, I think that if they're not out of Friday with one, then I would be like, what are you doing? Like that, <laughs> that would kind of be my, that's what I've kind of thought. Like doesn't have to be in the first round. And they're kind of in that spot where they could sit at 18 and if guys fall, like they could just sit there and, Maybe they want to get ahead of the game on like Anthony Richardson or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that's a, a something I've thought about for them, but that has to be part of the the concept uh, or the idea or the plan. I think going into the weekend. Nick, you have an article. Sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead, Johnson. Uh, uh, Nick, you got an article up right now in the Athletic, kind of breaking down the film of Michigan TCU. Yeah, you know them better than than we do. Like, who are you watching this weekend? Like, who who are your top? Draft prospects, not only in that game, but Ohio State in Georgia, oh, too. Yeah, there's a lot in the Ohio State-Georgia game. Um, for Bears fans, especially, Georgia's defense, uh, Carter, number one, obviously, and just in general, I think how Ohio State's offensive line handles him. Paris Johnson uh, is yeah. going to be a high you know, a high draft pick in this draft. Uh, Dewan Jones is going to be a high draft pick in this draft. Probably a day two. Maybe he sneaks into day one. How those guys handle the speed. Uh, Luke Whipler is a, is a center uh, at Ohio State, a young young player that I like a lot, a lot. Uh, so they've got some nice players up there. Um, but really, it's a lot of those Georgia defensive backs, like Chris Smith, uh, who's a really good safety Um and, and see how those guys kind of match up athletically in the Michigan TCU game. The one guy that I can't like shake is Duggan, uh, Max Duggan. Like, I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> like, I, like we actually talked about him. Yeah. Quentin Johnson, TCU Kent brought him up. Obviously, at, you know, he's a top 10. He's probably their best guy, but Duggan is the guy that like, we actually did a breakdown uh, thing, Dane and, and Nate and Deontay and I, uh, and Chris, after I think the Big Twelve game, like, what do you make of him? And it was just like I have no idea, but he could probably bring value somewhere because he's just a really hard nosed guy. But you know, yeah, I don't know. It should be two good games. I'm I'm interested to see it. It's not like last year. There's not one overloaded. Georgia's not just dripping with talent the way it was. It's still it's still pretty loaded though. So I guess we'll see how it goes. I like Michigan not only to win but to cover. Am I crazy? No, I like that. I, I think that I think that game goes one of two ways. Uh, Michigan either grinds them up and just sort of you know spits them out, or it turns into a shootout. And I think the first one is probably more likely that Michigan probably just wears them out over time. I saw JJ McCarthy play in high school. Yeah, he's from the area. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he's he, special. He played against my high school, and it was it was a close game. I want to say until like the third quarter where he just unleashed this like 50 yard dime down the right side yep. line. And it wasn't like the, the trajectory wasn't high. It was like a rope. He down the right a, side. Yeah. He's got top five arm talent. For yes. Sure. For, mm-hmm. but next year, next year's 20, yeah, 20, 2024 draft. Next year's quarterback class is a whopper with may and him and, uh, Caleb Williams. Well, mm-hmm. McCarthy's yeah. not even at the top of that. Like those other guys are ahead of him, but yeah. it's going to be really good. So what have you made of, McCarthy's success this year. For it's the been it's been up. good. Um, you know, shoot, I think his first road start was at Iowa and they won um, without really any trouble. And I mean, that is not easy to do. You guys are Big Ten guys. So that's not easy to do. Um, he has been 
really steady. Harbaugh keeps claiming that he reminds him of himself, which I think is hilarious because, like, I think that uh, Cade McNamara reminds me more of Jim Harbaugh, but like, whatever. What, what, what I, has Jim Harbaugh I, ever done, like, I, meditation on the field? I get, I get what I said. I'm like, I've never seen Jim Harbaugh meditate or do yoga, but whatever. I would say, hey, Jim was an old first-rounder himself. He can say whatever he wants, I guess. But, like, the, the, the drive or whatever, I think that's where he gets at. Like, he loves the game. He really loves football. And I think that that comes across – more than anything and to play for if, if you play for Jim Harbaugh you better love football buddy because you're not going to be able to uh to live uh, I suppose if, if if otherwise so um yeah it's been uh, it's been cool to see but he's a really really talented kid who's grown up a ton in a year and a half because he probably should have started last season as a freshman but he was nowhere near ready I think it surprised him a bit but this year he is really taken off be fun to watch I, yeah, uh, I I like both these games on Saturday, um, and you know the Alabama game will be interesting too from an NFL draft standpoint. Assuming those yeah. guys play the whole game, Still, um, yeah, that's the one. It's like you never know. I think a lot of those guys say they'll play every year and then they don't, and now they can actually probably get paid legally <laughs> to play in the <laughs> play in the bowl game. So I I suppose Alabama should most of their guys I would assume will play. That'll be a nice test for Anderson and those guys if they go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, Nick, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be looking forward to this game on on Sunday. I think you know. I I think it'll be an entertaining football game. Yeah, like a lot of these it's never boring. Yeah. <laughs> so Lions Bears is always entertaining. I will say I'm never bored by it. I always is like Dan it. is Dan Campbell a good coach? I think so. I think he's getting there. I think he's getting there. I think he's learning how to be. A, I think he has the stuff to be a good coach, and I think okay. he's learning how to be a good coach. I. I like a lot of what he does. You know what I mean? I, I think a lot of that that you see that comes across is, is pretty genuine. Um, and that's pretty much what you hear across the board. So I think he's getting there, but still a lot to prove. I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. He he entertains me, so I like Hard him. Hard to dislike uh, MCDC there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick Baumgartner. Uh, make sure you're following him on Twitter at Nick Baumgartner, covering the Lions in the NFL draft. I'm sure we'll have you on the pod again soon. Thanks, Absolutely. Nick. You bet, guys. Thanks, Nick. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, John Z, time for three big questions. What do you got? Uh, all right, Adam Hogue, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how sold are you on the Lions no longer being the Lions as we've come to know them on this podcast? Um, <clears throat> my I, answer? Go ahead. Yeah, am I copping out if I say 5? No, I, I would say 5. I want to see one more year of it. Well, it's also not... They're not really leaving us a great taste with their performance last week. No. And I'm not that nervous about the Bears pulling out an accidental win this week as some others are, but I get it because they are the Lions and this is, a, this is a game the Lions would lose. Would Lions up. Yeah. Stay tuned for an over-under on that. <laughs> Number two. Who is playing for their current team in the 2024 season? 2024, not 2023, 2024. Okay. Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, or all of the above? It's a great question. Well, I think Jared Goff is at least on the team in Detroit. In 2024, two years from now. Oh, 2024. Not 2023. Yeah. 2024. Well, Jesus, I should have done more prep on this. Got to look at contract situations and stuff. <laughs> but like as we alluded to earlier in this podcast, sometimes it doesn't matter. Yeah. They get moved. Um. So Goff is signed through 2024, but there's an out so, starting. So is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say no on Rodgers. No on Cousins. Ah, oh, man. I th- I'm going to say yes on Goff. Okay. Yeah. Think about that. It's a lot of change coming to the NFC North at the most important position in sports. That is. Older quarterbacks, contracts are up. Jared Goff, or sorry, Kirk Cousins only has one year remaining on his contract. It's a new team. Like I could see him like getting maybe one more year added to it after this year, maybe 2024, but maybe with, with little guarantees. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had Nick Wright on, uh, on CHGO, and... You know, I met, I said something like, "Well, the Bears probably have like the best quarterback situation in the NFC North right now, right?" And he was like, "I don't even think it's a question. Hell yeah, they do. Like, it's not even close." And that's just interesting to me that it's like that obvious. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Speaking of that quarterback, 
general question here. Adam Hogue, what do you want to see from Justin Fields over the final over the final two games? Man, just steady progress, like not not a clunker. You know, I, I think if you really look at the tape the last couple weeks, maybe some of these bad habits have come back a little bit. There's been a, a few more passes that are inaccurate. I also think, you know, at times you've seen the footwork on those horizontal throws to the sideline get astray. But the weather, I mean, I kind of give him a pass for last week with the weather. And the guys he's throwing to right now, the offensive line being banged up. And here's the thing, to me, the most important thing, even as I say all that, when the game, when I got done grading the tape, he still was playing at a long-term starter level. So, like, okay, great, that's a win. I mean, given the circumstances, given the weather, all that, like, it's not going to be perfect, and you're still basically, honestly, since if you really want to go far back, the Vikings game, like, starting from week five on, he had that huge peak in the middle, Dolphins, Cowboys. Lions, but really from week five on, he has been very, very consistently playing at a at a at least a long term starter level for the Bears, and that's all. I just want him to finish at that level. I want to see him take a few more risks, like throw some, take some shots with with anticipation. You may mm-hmm. not trust Avalis Jones Jr. completely, but you know what? If you see him in his breaks, throw that out hard. Yeah, trust them to make that catch. Take a few risks that way because I think you might have to take a few of them because of who who you're actually playing with. Yeah, and I, I wanted to bring that up real quick because you know we we record these on Thursday mornings, which is a little early with the injury report. But you know, not seeing Claypool practice yesterday wasn't a great sign. EQ still not practicing. Dante Pettis was on the injury report yesterday with an ankle and he was limping around the locker room Johns not good I'm I'm like and I don't know the specifics of that I don't know if Eberflus will provide some clarity on that but maybe that's something that happened in practice and I all of a sudden I'm like I'm not sure they're gonna have Pettis this weekend either so that is uh you're going to Keel Harry and Valus Jones and also that's significant from a punt return standpoint too. Yeah. Valus Jones get another crack at punt returning. Well, give it to him though. Like if 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 you're experimenting with guys in different positions across the board, which Matty said on Wednesday. I agree. Then give the rookie another shot. Yeah. All right, let's get through these over and unders real quick. This is from Chris. Over, under, I mispronounced names on the broadcast. Three and a half. I'm going under. <laughs> Who's doing the broadcast? We don't even know. <laughs> I'll go under. There'll be a couple. There's usually one or two. Yeah. This is from Cade. Over and under, the number of times the Lions make a typical Lions mistake. But the Bears still lose. Three and a half. I'm going to go over. You'll get like the the four, the four moments where like, oh, yeah, that's Lions football for you yeah i uh yeah I'll, I'll go over with you too they are the lions the lions are the lions 
that they still win. This is from Billy. Over, under, on St. Brown Brothers references. One and a half. I'm going over. Yeah, it'll still be over, but it might not be super high if EQ's not playing. Yeah, you'll still get two. This is from Drew. References to playing for the first pick of the draft, setting it at two and a half. I'm going to go under. Playing for the first pick of the draft. Ah, ooh, two and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under two. I mean, I think it comes up, but that's kind of high. All right. This is from Brian. Over, under, on drops by receivers on third down. One and a half. I'm going to go with one. You're going to get one bad one, as always. Yeah, did tight ends count? Yeah. The running backs count like anybody dropping the ball on third down. I'm going to go over. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's the Bears this year. Yep, for sure. Um, all right. Bold predictions. Uh, last week's bold prediction, um, the guy didn't even play. He went on <laughs> IR. So that wasn't good. No. Well, you were uh, bold. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back to the well here, though. Someone's got to cu- catch a touchdown at some point. So I'm going to do it. You're not doing it. I'm doing it. Cole Komet, touchdown. Okay. I did have that bold prediction in a column for the Athletic where I said he would win you your fantasy championship, and this would be the week. Wow. This is the week. Well, all all, all apologies to Cole Komet, but I actually dropped him. <laughs> well, because I have TJ Hawkinson and ended up with Darren Waller on my team, I, didn't, ah. I needed that. Yeah. So... We won't talk about how uh, my two running backs are Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard. And after all this, I'm going to lose in the championship. Because ah. I don't think either one's playing tonight. Great. Congrats. Um, all right. Let's quickly fire through these uh, predictions. Then we'll, br- um, then we'll wrap things up here. So you going... My bold prediction is a Jalen Johnson interception. Uh, and the Bears are going to cover. Um, let's go 24-20 lines over the Bears. Wow, close. Close. Low scoring. Low scoring. Kind of. Yes. Interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I could sort of see that. But I don't know. With the fast track playing back inside, I'm going to go... Honestly, with a similar, it might even be the same prediction I had last week, but I'm going to go Lions 30, Bears 20. Okay. Oh, they, yeah. Lions cover. And I got the Lions covering too. I just think the Bears, you saw those running lanes that the Bills had last week. They're just defensively, there's not much happening up front. Let me adjust my score 28 24, Lions over the Bears. Okay. A few extra points. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's get through some other games, too. CBS Noon, Jaguars at Texans. The Texans are four-and-a-half-point underdog. Of course, we're picking this one because it has ramifications on the number one overall pick. Sorry, everybody. Trevor Lawrence is playing pretty well, and he's going to continue to do that against Lovie Smith. I got the Jaguars winning by a touchdown. Texans are playing well, too, though. Mm. I think this is a tricky spot. Jaguars, um, I mean... Texans has already beat the Jaguars this year. 
So I think this one remains close. I'm taking the Texans to cover, but the Jaguars win. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. Fox 305 49ers at Raiders. And this is, uh, I'm assuming this has moved a little bit with the Derek Carr news. Yeah. Well, it's still a 10. <laughs> yeah. Home <laughs> um, dog getting 10 points. But I, I like the 49ers in, in a route here. We put them here. We put this game on the schedule because of the Derek Carr conversation. But I like what the. The 49ers got going. They're like my I, favorite team right now. Like that's my NFC champion. I, th- I think right now. Well, I was looking through their schedule and like defensively, I don't think they've given up 17 points like since week it's five ridiculous. or something. Ridiculous. Yeah. So without Derek Carr out there, Jared Stidham's playing quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the. Uh, give me the 49ers. I think that that's an easy one. What question are you asking me? All right, Fox 305, Jets at Seahawks. Seahawks, a one-and-a-half-point home underdog here. Give me the Seahawks. Mike White's back, right? Yep. Jets are reeling. All right, I guess I'm believing in Mike White. I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with the Jets. Oof. Yeah. By the way, we both went two and four last week. Not good. Yeah. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. CBS 325 Vikings at Packers. Packers are a three and a half point home favorite over the Vikings. It's getting a lot out of hand, I feel like. Yeah, it's just... I'm going to take the Vikings. There's something about them this year. They're, they're not going to win at all. They just get that magic in them. You know, like every year there's a team like this that just has a lot of close victories, and that's the Vikings this year. I like them doing it again. Well, even if they lose, I feel like this has to be on you know a field goal or less. Yeah. Like All their games have been coming down. Although, I guess when they do lose, they lose by... It's not close. No. That's that's the difference. Um, but um, I'm just not really a believer in what the Packers are doing right now. I know it's been great, but the, it's really... The defense is okay, but the offense is... Uh, I've seen... I've seen Rodgers play a lot better. All right, and then Monday night. This is a great Monday night game for this late in the season. Uh, 7.30 on ESPN. Uh, is that 7.30? It's usually 7.15. Bills at Bengals. Bengals are a one-point home dog to the Bengals. I'm going Bengals. Yeah. Something about Joe Burrow and these matchups against other young special league quarterbacks like it makes you side with Burrow. If he could take out Patrick Mahomes... I like what he could do against Josh Allen. Yeah. I, I got to be honest. I think Burrow's been playing better than Josh Allen recently. Yeah. So at home, big game, number one seed on the line here. I I'd, I like the Bengals. Me too. Especially with them getting an extra point. So, all right. Well, uh, we got to get out of here. We appreciate it. Um, Bears-Lions. I, I think it's an entertaining game. I, the Lions entertain me. So, and Justin Fields is out there, so that it's still uh, it's still a Justin Fields Sunday, and we'll be there to cover it, and wrap it all up for you post game as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on the Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me uh, all chgo dot com. Uh, check out the merch obviousshirts.com, and uh, we'll be back post game. Make sure you hit the notifications if you watch on YouTube, so you know when we go live after the game. Talk to you on Sunday. Happy New Year. See ya.
Anyway, uh, who cares?